0: This is Erin I'm Melissa, and we're Trending Spokane, a weekly podcast all
1: about the latest in the Lilac City. Finding out what is happening right now in Spokane can be overwhelming, but not if you're an insider.
0: Join us as we shine light onto the latest happenings and chat about the
1: future of our city. Each episode will introduce you to people you want to know, places you need to visit, and local knowledge you can't live without. We will help you get out and get involved. Episodes are dropping soon, and make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts now. Whitney Jacques is a local farmer with a heart for sharing her knowledge with others. Her farmstead, Verdant Hare, is located in Spokane, Washington. Run by Whitney, the farm is home to Heritage Pigs, Gloucestershire, Old Spot, and Berkshire. Chickens, sheep forest Romney, Finn Sheep, and mm-hmm. a small herd of dairy cows, A2A2 A2, Jersey. Yes. Ooh, can't wait to learn more about those. There is an abundant garden on the farm that provides produce for local chefs and individuals. All the fruits and vegetables grown on the farm are done so using organic methods mm-hmm. and no-till regenerative practices. CSAs, Community Supported Agriculture, are available for 10 weeks at peak season, and there are a- occasional farm stands advertised on social media. Yes. Welcome, Whitney. Hi. That thank was quite the coming. intro. Yeah. I'm very excited to learn more. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how your interest in farming developed? So um, I started
2: farming about 10 years ago but I've always been really interested in agriculture like ever since I was a little kid like my mom has this story about us going on a fishing trip and me picking like all these twigs and berries around the fishing site and then creating this whole grid farm on the ground you know like all these berries are pumpkins and these are these and she walked over and was like oh my god you know like and so my dad built me a garden bed when I was little and so I had that and I grew my own flowers and things like that so I've always just loved being outside and I think that the farm Farming is kind of an extension of that, but I also am, I have what I call big energy and I cannot sit still and I cannot be inside. So it's like, you know, I have to find something that works with that and farming is just so perfect and I love eating. So it's like, yeah, that's the trifecta. I want like the best food all the time. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's food that I grow myself. It's like the freshest food in the world, right? But it's the bestest because it's mine. (laughs)
1: it's delicious too when it's fresh yeah it is it's so good
2: like I mean yeah like milking your own cow and drinking your own milk from your own cow is there's nothing better in the world honestly
3: so what do you specialize in at verdant hair and how does that impact the food that you grow
2: so I specialize in no-till regenerative practices so I focus a lot on my soil like I like to think of myself more as a soil grower than a veggie grower I work a lot on my soil so The better soil you have, the better produce you have. You also have to like nail it down your irrigation practices and things like that. I use mostly drip irrigation because it delivers water directly to to the plant instead of overhead. Um, I did do some overhead watering last year, but it also causes issues with weeds when you do overhead. So I'm changing that. Um, I'm very particular about what my animals eat. Um, And so that goes back to the quality of everything that's grown on the farm too. Um, I am very meticulous about sourcing their food um, as I am for myself. So I figure, you know, it's kind of going up the chain there, right? Like I'm meticulous about everything that's done with my vegetables. I'm meticulous about my animals. It's all very um, well-researched, I guess.
3: And we're grateful for that because you not only source your own food for your family, but you not only grow your own food for your family, but you also grow food for local restaurants and for consumers. Yes. So we all get to have access to this amazing quality produce and the eggs from your chickens Mm -hmm. and the meat that you produce. So what types of restaurants do you help serve here in this area?
2: Well, um, right now, for the past, um, few years, I've worked with IPK, Hogwash. I've worked with all of Tony Brown's restaurants. So Stella's, Ruins, um, McRuins. Um, I used to work with David from Central Food. Um, and I work with Gander and Ryegrass. Um, and I'm kind of looking into working with a couple other chefs. Honestly, like, for me, like, the growing is, is, my passion the computer work is not my passion so like sending out a fresh sheet to my chefs has always been so difficult for me (laughs) um I usually just text and I'll be like hey Uh I've got this and this and this and this and this and they're like yes 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 no yes yes no yes yes and then I'm like great I'll bring it by (laughs) and that works out really well but I I have to get better about my fresh sheet because because I am going to be moving a lot more produce this year. So I'm mm. going to have to be more on the horn about that. But it's hard for me. <laughs>
3: well, that's good news for local chefs. So yes. if you're wanting to- – that list, I know, because those are the best restaurants in the city. Yeah. You know, they really take pride in high quality and seasonal um, produce being served to their customers. So if you're a home cook and you're looking for a little something, something that's really good, you'll definitely want to be following Merton Hair and subscribing to that CSA.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. Speaking of the CSA, so for those who don't know what a CSA is, can you tell us a little bit about it and then how we can subscribe to yours?
2: So a CSA is a Community Supported Agriculture is what that stands for. Um, And basically what it is, is it's a vegetable subscription. So um, you pay in advance for the box, and then when the season starts, you show up. Like for, in my case, it's pick up on the farm. So mm-hmm. you come on Saturday morning from nine to noon, and you pick up your box. And mine, I was twenty weeks last year, but I felt like people kind of got fatigued by the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to cut it down. I'm going to double the amount of folks that I take, but I'm going to cut back to only ten weeks. That way, it's July, August, September. It's all the things that everyone's like most excited about getting in their box anyway. Yeah. You know, and so it's it, they're gonna it's power moves on those boxes. That was my, you know, like, it'll get me through the spring. I'll be able to sell to my chefs and, you know, produce for our house and stuff. And then have all that extra abundance for the CSA. And then I'll also be doing the farm stands at the same time when I have overflow, so
3: that is so yeah. brilliant and the farm stands
2: are they're really so fun. fun yeah yeah they're super fun i i had such a good time last year and what's awesome too so i have four girls i have a two-year-old a five-year-old a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old daughter and my 13-year-old and my 16-year-old were totally on deck for the last farm stand that we had in the fall which ended up being like crazy busy and super fun um and it was so cute because you know people you know i'm only one lady right and i have to i have to be at the table like talking to people selling things doing all that stuff explaining like what's going on but everybody wanted to walk around pet the cow meet the sheep all that stuff and I was but I can't stop what I'm doing anyway the girls were awesome and like gave everyone tours and stuff and walked everybody around it was amazing it was so cute so that was really nice so everybody got to walk through and yeah and that's another benefit of being my CSA customer too is I have a lot of home gardeners that are my CSA customers and so they'll come up and be like hey you know I've got you know, this issue going on with my peppers. Can you tell me about it, you know? And then we talk it through. Or like, you know, I have CSA customers that have little kids that just want to see the cow every week, you know? And they're so happy just to pet her or my dogs or whatever it is. But they love coming up to the farm. And I think it's great because then their kids get to see, hey, that tomato we had on our salad, like Whitney grew that.
3: Like, mm, that
2: comes from that's powerful. powerful. Yeah. That's a kind of learning you can't just
3: get. You have yeah. to experience it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So your CSA is $300.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And is that for the whole 10 weeks? Yes. Are you kidding me? No.
2: Oh so my it gosh. breaks down to basically it's so it's 10 weeks. So it's 30 bucks a week.
3: That
1: is insane. Okay. Yeah. Signing up right now. <laughs> Good. I'm not getting You and I. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. is a great. That's great. How long have you been running it? Has this been kind of recent or?
2: So, um, I've been operating my own business for this is my. Let me think. Third year in business for myself. Mm. I had farmed for um, a nonprofit for eight years running their farm. Um, and wow. I had ran a CSA through their farm, did farmer's markets and things like that. Um, but uh, I started my own business and was just kind of doing like consulting things on the side. But then when the pandemic started, I realized that people need local food
1: mm-hmm. and that
2: I really needed to just stop feeling afraid to step out on my own. And, um, you know, there's a lot of barriers with capital and things like that, which I don't have. So it was like, Oh, but I network a lot. And so I was able to find places that I could farm where I didn't have to own it. Um, and that's like my farm now I don't live there but I get to farm there and it's beautiful space and there's a gorgeous barn and it's perfect for me and I live 10 minutes away and it works out just fine but um, but yeah it was that rip the band-aid moment you know where it was like oh man I don't know where things are going to be in a year I don't Mm. know what's going to happen here but I know that people need me like people need my knowledge people need fresh food people need food security so here we go
3: Well, we are so glad you took that leap because it is thrilling to see the incredible quality of work that you're doing uh, in that space. And... I think it's encouraging to other people who may want to go into farming that you don't necessarily have to own that property. Yes, There are so many other avenues and pathways to get you to be able to perform that service for our community. And in Spokane, we have so much gorgeous farmland, Mm -hmm. and it's disappearing every day. So maintaining that um, cultural tie as well as food security that we need desperately for our region – is really important, and you do a lot of teaching and educating too, and not just at the farm, which I loved to see on your website, um, but also with Washington
2: Grown. Can you yes. explain a little bit about what you do with them? Sure. So um, Washington Grown is a lovely show. It's on PBS, um, and I do a segment on the show called the Farmer's Garden. It's an educational piece. I write it myself. Um, they record it at my house sometimes sometimes we're out on the farm but i'm teaching home gardeners skills that they can use at home in their own garden to make their garden better so it's it's really fun and i love doing it um yeah it's it's a fun time and if
3: people wanted to watch it, they can find it on YouTube and Facebook, correct? Yes,
2: and it's also airs on PBS. But I oh, know perfect. yeah. So you can there's three different ways to watch. And then they're very sweet to me. And at the end of the season they isolate all of my um, segments and then post them all on their own thing on YouTube, which I don't even what is that? A cha- cha- I don't think it's a channel. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's I a don't
0: channel. know if YouTube it's a channel. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, but
2: anyway they do that and so it's really nice because then like when I refer people to that, I can say, Oh, like just go to their Thing and check it out, you know, and they're all just bing, bing, boom right there.
1: Thank you to our sponsor, Inland Imaging, for helping support our podcast. Inland Imaging has the highest level of breast imaging expertise in the region. They have nine
0: board-certified breast imaging radiologists, a large number of dedicated mammographers, breast sonographers, breast MRI technologists, and they're all at
1: the top of their field and ready to help if you need it. They are the region's only network of breast imaging centers of excellence, recognized by the American College of Radiology. With imaging
0: centers conveniently located throughout the Spokane area and throughout the Inland Northwest, making an appointment at your preferred time and location comes with ease.
1: Pair that with their advanced integrated electronic network to ensure your medical records are kept secure and your images read quickly so you have your results as soon as possible. What is the day in the life of a local farmer like? Not building necessarily not I don't no. know, no building. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I can assemble. I'll yeah. assemble, but, <laughs> I but style. like
2: carpentry, I'm good. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So on a, on a typical day, <clears throat> I, it's summertime. Let's imagine a okay. summer, mm-hmm. typical yeah. summertime day. So I get up usually with the sun, right? So sometimes I'm up at five, five thirty. Okay. Um, I drink some coffee because otherwise I die. Um, mm-hmm. I get to the farm. Usually I bring my kids, um, we, you know, there's the cow has to be milked. Um, and that's, I usually start that first, uh, we feed the pigs by hand so that we have to do that. Um, then we move all the chickens every day. So, uh, I raise egg layers and I raise meat chickens. And so those guys are all in tractors. So the, which is just like a, it's basically like a, a pen, um, a covered pen and, and they have ropes on them. So we just grab the rope and pull them across the field. Um, We move the sheep onto fresh grass every couple days in the summertime. Um, And then we start working in the veggie garden. So there's like a lot of animal maintenance in the morning, hauling waters, doing stuff like that, you know, running the dogs to get the sheep together and all that stuff. Um, And then working in the veggie garden. And then that can be. 14 hours maybe like I'll clock in the summertime. A lot of times I clock like 14, 16 hour days in the field. Um, And I am very thankful for my children who kind of keep each other all entertained or it's not always harmonious, but it it works, you know? Um, And yeah. And so I do a lot of, you know, weeding and planting and moving. And so because I um, succession plant in the farm, Um, I am constantly pulling things out and planting things and harvesting things. And you can't wait. You know, my CSA pickup is on a Saturday, right? But that doesn't mean that I'm harvesting everything for CSA on Saturday morning because if it's ready to go on like a Wednesday, I have to get it out because Mm -hmm. you want everything at peak. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about where I farm is I have a walk-in fridge. So I can store whatever I need to store in the walk-in, which is really helpful. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm basically just like – you know, working from sun coming up to sun going down every day. I have a list of tasks. I, I am a very meticulous list writer. Um, it's totally my jam. I love to check things off. Does, we do, too.
3: Does, yes, <laughs> does, yes, <laughs> we do.
2: Um, so I have, like, a big whiteboard um, inside the barn where I write, like, all the daily tasks, like, anything that needs to be done right away. We have, like, a list of everything that needs to be done every day. I keep a calendar. I write down everything on the calendar. Anytime an animal gets a medication, it goes on the calendar. Every feed pickup I do goes on the calendar. Any, any like, if I'm out of town, that goes on the calendar. And then at the end of the month I take a photo of the calendar and then at the end of the year I can go back and calculate how much feed I fed everybody, who got what medication, does that animal need to stay on the farm, that kind of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. like who's 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 doing well, who's not like kind of taking stock of everything like that. Um but yeah, I mean a typical day in the spring, I my greenhouse isn't on site on the farm, so I also am, mm. you know, in the car, like going to the greenhouse, doing that stuff. Subaru has really put in the work, man. Like, <laughs> I have yeah, hauled so many plants, so many lambs in the back of a, oh. <laughs> my car, <laughs> like full-grown sheep. Like, oh, one or two wow. will fit in the back of a hatchback, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious when you're driving down the road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you like people see- oh, head. God, I have people chase me in the car, like, just, like. You know, like a long video, you know, of me in the car (laughs) and I'm just like... Yes, that is a screaming sheep in the back of my car. Like, oh man! Like you can just feel like years sliding off your life. Like, uh, like having twins. I feel like you. Yeah, have. yeah. The where they're just feeding off each other, just screaming in the back of the car. Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: magical days. Uh, so good.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a busy time, you know. Mm. It's and I'm always busy. Like really, like January is my downtime, but it's more like it's it's not really down. Like I'm like just not as physically involved but i'm mm-hmm. doing a lot of the planning for the coming season so it's a lot it's a lot of work
1: so yeah. it's kind of sounds like you never get a vacation but i'm that working like? on that okay
2: actually um i just got back from chicago i spent the weekend there and it was very nice um, i know i love chicago i'm a metropolitan woman now <laughs> um and uh and i'm going back again in april um I'm going on a trip to Port Townsend soon. I get tattooed there. So I'm going over there. Um, it's like the, a, a treat for myself to do things like that. So, and I can't leave for long. You know, I go for maybe like a weekend here and there. Um, but I've I've really been working hard over the last year to train people up so that I feel safe leaving. Because mm. that's the thing is like everyone's so well cared for that I, my standards are really high. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that if I leave, I feel totally comfortable leaving and that I know I'm coming back to a happy barn. So <laughs> that's just, yeah, last year that was not happening for me. I did, mm-hmm. I did leave a little bit, but it was, I mean, it, you know, it was just, it was so much work because we were getting the garden established and all that stuff. And it was so much. And so this year I'm like, okay, like this is the thing I want for myself. I want to be able to take like a weekend a month and be able to just, Walk away from it, mm-hmm. and everybody needs a day off. You know, mm-hmm. so like, yes. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, okay, and I'm going to take that day off, and I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to worry. That's 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 the goal for the year. That's 2022 dreams. That's farm self care.
3: Yeah. yeah, you have yeah. to do that because you're spending so much time and energy caring for all of your animals and your children and the garden and the yes. and your dirt obviously, yes. which is so vital. Mm-hmm. Your soil, I should say. Let's use the My Soil, term, yes, right? please. I can totally relate to really wanting to take some time away, even from like the food hustle. It's really hard to continue to go to all these new restaurants. Sometimes I just want to cook for myself. Is that weird? No. Um, But I really love that you are thinking forward for 2022 and building that into your schedule. That's the dream of everyone, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. And so speaking of soil, Mm -hmm. not dirt. (laughs) How can the average home gardener make some simple choices that will help really augment the quality of their soil in a way that is ecologically friendly?
2: Um, One thing that is huge is compost always. Um, Adding organic matter into your soil is a big deal. You don't have to roll it in. A lot of people think you have to like mix it all in, but you don't have to. You can do what's called top dressing, which is where you just put like a thin layer over the top. It acts as a mulch and it also feeds the soil. And over time, it'll work itself into your soil because it'll settle down into the soil. Um, so compost is always huge. It helps with water retention. It's lovely. Um, in the winter time, it's important to mulch your beds too. So. A little bit of mulch, you can use leaves from your garden. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, right? Like pe- people like to think that to make a happy garden, you have to purchase something like mm-hmm. some kind of specialized mulch, some kind of specialized straw, some something. But you have leaves, everybody does. Your neighbors have leaves. If you don't have leaves, you can throw them on your garden bed. Um, and it helps to put everything to bed. It keeps your soil temp a little warmer underneath there, helps to retain moisture. So then in the springtime, when you go to plant into it, you can just kind of move the leaves off to the side. And if you're doing transplants, you can just plant directly in with the leaves over the top. It also helps to provide habitat for pollinators, Mm. which is really important. Um, Another thing that I really like to do is use um, raw wood chips. I use them all over the place on my farm. Mm. I don't use them directly where I'm going to plant, but I use them around it. And eventually Mm. they turn into soil anyway, so they kind of disappear. But like walkways and things like that, it just is a little bit more natural, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not you don't have to water it, right? Like if you have grass pathways, you have to maintain those. You have to weed them out. Um, wood mulch really helps to keep down weeds and stuff, which is nice. So
3: Those are all such brilliant tips, and I never would have thought of the leaf thing. Yeah. I, mean, I am
2: so bad about that. Yeah, when I see people getting rid of them, I'm like, yeah, you you're, silly. You're missing out. <laughs> yeah.
3: I am that gardener, though. I'm like so low and I need to get better about this. I just leave it all. Yeah, and literally the and leaves all come down actually, and I let the pollinators fine. do their thing, but I can take some of them and put them on totally. my beds
2: and then they'll be ready for spring. Totally. Yeah. 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 The other thing you can do too is if you want the leaves to break down over the course of the winter season, um, if you have a lawnmower and you just like spread the leaves out or if the leaves have fallen, you know, you run your lawnmower over them, it chops them up a lot because they are um, – When they're whole, they have a waxy coating right there. It's harder for them to break down. But once they're chopped up, they break down really well. So you spread that on your garden beds. And then it might not even be there in the spring when you go to garden. It breaks down really fast.
3: You are changing my life. Good. I love it. <laughs> I am we're definitely going to be friends because obviously I'm coming out for that CSA. Yeah, I would yeah. love that. I was it's
1: while so you fun. were talking
3: already looking at like signing up and oh, making it happen. I will do that before you leave. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's great to hear about the leaves too, because you always hear that you're supposed to, you know, bag them up, Mm-mm. like put them mm-hmm. away and stuff. But I didn't know that we could it's just such
2: a waste. It really bumps <laughs> me out.
1: <laughs> I have yeah, that's so bad. many leaves. So this is yeah. great news for us. Yeah, go. Yeah, cool. yeah, Hit so that many. up. Yeah. And you have a composter? No, we don't. Okay, yeah. we're going to
3: talk after this. That is okay. the one thing. When you first started with composting, I'm like, yes. yes. So few people understand the importance of taking your um, compostable matter and just tossing it in a bin. I have one that has two sides. So one side I do for a year. And then when that gets all decomposed and is beautiful and amazing, I sift it and then I use that in my garden. And
2: then the other side I work on the next year. That's considered oh. passive composting, which is which is really easy to do. Yeah. Um, you can definitely be more active with your compost pile, but you don't have to be. And that's another one of those things where people think that gardening needs to be more high maintenance than it actually does. Mm. I do passive composting at the farm mm-hmm. also because there's animal manure in my compost Mm -hmm. so it's important to me that that has the uh time to fully break down there's hot poop and cold poop which a lot of people don't realize so and that doesn't have to do with the temperature of the poop it's it's the nitrogen in the poop so it depends on what they eat so chickens have hot nitrogen in their poop Mm -hmm. right uh and rabbits have cold nitrogen in their poop so like a rabbit is like the Really, if you're going to have, like, livestock at home, they're, like, the creme de la creme of a garden friend. They are Ooh. cute, which is a mega bonus. Right. I love them. <laughs> they're so, um, so, so pettable. <laughs> um, and then they you you can take their poop right out of their tray and just spread it right in the garden. And it's, it you know, it's not going to make you sick. It's not going to do anything like that. It's not going to burn your plants, more importantly. Mm. So... Um, yeah, it's amazing. But I, I have, oh, really? you know, I have rabbits, I have cows, I have sheep, I have chickens, and it all goes into a singular pile, and then that pile will sit for a year, and then I start working on a new one, um, and then after the year's up, then that gets moved out into the field and mm-hmm. spread around. Nice. But yeah,
3: it reduces the waste you're putting into the landfill. It makes your garden oh, better. Absolutely, it's, it's like got an infinite number of benefits. Yeah, and, yeah. We just added a little thing on the side of our trash can that hooks on. And then you can do that, or you can have a compost can, whatever. Yeah, oh. we've always had a can, and yeah, I like yeah. that. It's
2: a night, because it's just right there, you know. Yeah. It's easy to just pop things in there and then tell your children to take it outside. That's
1: exactly <laughs> what I do. If that's <laughs> the one thing you're missing, is you're going to right.
3: baby, gonna have, you have to schlep it. But maybe you to cat. Do you have a dog?
1: you teach a dog? You're going <laughs> you you to have yeah. to get a dog now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one thing I've been curious about while we've been chatting is just where did the name Verdon Hair come from? So, um, I have
2: always been, uh, like kind of a, a book nerd. Like I really like words. I, um, yeah. Vocabulary is my jam. Um, and, yeah, and I, I really wanted a word that kind of conveyed the way that I feel when I think about like looking out over my fields. Right. And so like, herbaceous, like, ah, that's kind of a mouthful, right? Like, I don't want that. Like, oh, what, you know, and, like trying to think about smells and sights. And then verdant is a word that like when you hear it, it immediately makes you think of like lush green, right? Like, mm-hmm. herb, you know, Spring. maybe herbaceous mm-hmm. is like in your brain at that point, like kicking around. And that's like, that's what I want people to be feeling when they think about my farm. And then with hair, I love rabbits. Um, I admire their industry, and mm. their cleverness. And so, and their fertility. So I just tack that on there. Oh. <laughs> and they're full of energy. Yeah, they are full of energy. They also they're have big energy. Things. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the a best a, poo. Yeah. So. Best yeah. 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 La creme de la creme. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's the finest of poops. Yeah.
3: Thank you so much to Whitney Jacques for coming on the show. And don't forget to check out Verdant Hair on Facebook and at verdanthair.com.
0: A big shout out to our sponsor, One Tree Hard Cider. We love One Tree Hard Cider because it's made using Washington
1: State ingredients and it's made in Spokane. With everyday cider flavors like lemon basil, huckleberry, strawberry kiwi, and seasonal favorites like pumpkin and snow globe, there's a One Tree Hard Cider for you.
0: Go to OneTreeHardCider.com to find out where you can purchase your very own cider. And as always, drink responsibly.